good evening everyone uh, i am sumit uh, i am a pass out of 2016 batch uh, uh, from tiss mumbai uh, i am own startup it's called as heads up corporation we work primarily with uh, smes and startups both funded non funded startups helping them uh, in the strategy and the business part also adding uh, working a lot in the digital communication part that is about uh, my startup in today's talk uh, i am going to talk about uh, broadly three things uh, i'll start off by defining these two terms what is leadership it's often misunderstood and uh, also get into what is this turbulence or crisis or how do we define it in management then i'll get into a little bit of diagnosis how does a person in authority diagnose what is a crisis when does it happen and uh, then we'll get into what should leaders do in a time of crisis there'll be some time for q and a at the end now one of the things we need to distinguish is that uh, leadership is not the same as management if you look at uh, some books or some talks on leadership very often leadership is defined in a very broad way so leadership is often defined as anything that a leader does is leadership anything that a person in high authority does is leadership now that's not the way i would like to define it i would like to have a narrower definition so that we have more clarity on this a person who is at high position a senior position may end up doing three things the first is the person may end up exercising authority that means by virtue of being in a senior position by virtue of being in a high position the individual may need to take certain disciplinary action may need to take certain actions may need to sign certain documents by virtue of that person's position i call that as exercising authority the second thing is that individual having been a professional may have expertise in some area so the person may have risen from marketing finance operations hr any particular discipline and that person may have a certain technical expertise a certain managerial expertise in related to supply chain or whatever discipline the person has grown from. and the third part of that individual's role is what we call as leadership and the way we define leadership is to influence others to work willingly for a joint purpose so the focus here is on three things the first is influencing others the second one is to work willingly because if you were to influence people through your authority saying that i am the boss i am the ceo get this done then you would not have the aspect of willingness coming in and the third one is joint purpose joint purpose means the purpose of the people whom you lead as well as the leader both get served in the action of leadership and i think this is something we need to keep in mind as we go ahead that leadership is not the same as exercising authority leadership is not the same as technical expertise leadership the way we define it here is restricted to influencing others to work willingly for a joint purpose now one of the ways in which we can look at leadership is a dynamic relationship because when we talk about influencing others to work willingly for a joint purpose anyone can influence others to work willingly for a joint purpose you don't have to be the ceo to be able to influence others to work willingly for a joint purpose someone reasonably junior in the organization may be able to persuade and willingly get others to work for a joint purpose maybe to improve quality maybe to improve safety maybe to get any work done and that also is leadership which is why we don't restrict leadership to people at senior levels in the organization and we recognize that any individual who functions in a manner that he or she influences others to work willingly for a joint purpose is a leader for that purpose 
so we look at leadership as a dynamic relationship and a relationship has three things it has two people at the least and a certain context every relationship exists in a certain context when the context changes the relationship may or may not change so we have three individuals the leader the follower and the context and depending on the context as i said anybody may exercise leadership so what is the test of a leader how do we judge whether leadership has been exercised well or not the test of a leader is whether a group is more effective in defining and achieving its goals because of that individual being there so another way of looking at leadership is it is the process by which an individual helps a group to define and achieve its goals think of any individual whom you are particularly inspired by who you think has impacted society or an organization positively you will find that that person has played a key role in doing two things one is he or she has helped the group to define what their goal ought to be and second the individual has actually helped the group or the organization to end up achieving that goal so we say leadership is the process by which individuals influence others to willingly work towards joint purposes now coming to the second part which we said is turbulence or crisis i took the poetic liberty of moving from turbulence to crisis because in the academic literature we call these as crisis whenever there is a lot of change happening in a very fast uh, sequence which is what turbulence is we call it as crisis now crisis have been defined in the literature as low probability high impact events that threaten the viability of an organization low probability less likely to happen but if it happens it has huge impact and it invariably threatens the viability of the organization and crises are characterized by ambiguity we don't know what is the cause often we don't know what are likely to be the effect and of course we don't know what are the means of resolution and this crisis is complicated with the belief that decisions must be taken swiftly now mind you the last point is just a belief it may or may not always be true but that's the nature of a crisis that when you are faced with situation which has ambiguity in these areas we believe that decision must be taken swiftly more often than not it's not the case but that's a belief now one of the things that we need to distinguish uh, is what is the difference between a routine emergency and a true crisis this distinction is given by ronald hyfitz who is part of howard uh, kennedy school of government he says if the problem definition is clear if its solution and implementation is clear then it falls into the category of a routine emergency and it involves technical work in such a case the responsibility is with the manager to take action rather than the team to do much take the example of uh, there was a fmcg company and there was some complaint of some contamination in a food product some years back now in that case that is a emergency for the company but the problem is quite clear it's a pr issue maybe some quality issue and the solution and implementation is clear people at the top can take a decision to call their legal department their pr department their quality department respond to the various legal public related anxieties and deal with the crisis on the other hand there is another kind of a crisis which we call as a true crisis a true crisis is one where the problem definition is not clear we don't know what is the problem definition the solution and its implementation also is not clear and the responsibility for such a crisis lies with the managers and the team 
and the work required over here the kind of intervention required over here is called adaptive work what do we mean by adaptive work that means we need to somehow use the resources within the organization not just the intellect of one or two individuals who are at the top to kind of figure out what is the problem what is the solution and how do we go about implementing it and even the implementation is not something that can be done by one person so when we look at the issues like the freedom movement for example then uh, what is the crisis is it only that the british need to get out of india or is it that indians need to be capable of governing themselves what is the main issue that we want to tackle what is the solution to that and is it something that one or two individuals can do or does it require everybody in the nation to participate in this or closer home in an organizational context let us say when liberalization is happening in 1990s the question before many indian industries was what exactly are we uh, looking at are we is the problem how are we going to attack the global market is the problem how are we going to survive in the local market is the problem that we 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 are going to look at cost uh, reduction strategy are we going to come up with new products what is the main problem is not very clear and the solution again is not in the mind of one individual but it requires a collective effort by various individuals to come together and deal with it so these are two different things a routine emergency and a true crisis the routine emergency can be easily expressed through addressed through authority and expertise as i gave you the example there is a complaint that one of the uh, you know regions of the country has found a contaminated product we know how to deal with it there is a certain routine available and you can deal with it but a true crisis requires the support and the uh, work of individuals in the organization across the organization which is why we say it can be addressed only through leadership if you look at how the two are different in the case of a routine emergency as we said it can be addressed by authority and expertise the job of the top manager is very clear he or she has to find the problem provide the solution shield the organization from whatever external threat is happening clarify the roles and responsibilities you do this you do this very clear restore sense of order and maintain the various norms when it comes to a true crisis you have to identify what exactly is the adaptive challenge over here what exactly is the thing that we are dealing with like for example in the case where i said about liberalization is it that we need to improve the quality is it that we need to reduce the cost is it that we need to have a customer base who is loyal to us what exactly is the issue what behavioral changes do we need to bring about in the employees what attitudinal shifts do we need to bring about in the employees these are some of the issues that we need to understand the second step is to let the organization feel the external pressures within a range it can understand so the role of leadership in the case of a true crisis is to be able to explain what are the external challenges and let people figure it out because only when people understand it will they unleash their ideas and their uh, creativity to find solutions for the challenge the third step is to challenge the current roles in the pre liberalization situation it was okay if we worked in silos because we knew whatever product we came out the indian consumer would take it but in the post liberalization scenario are we able to continue to work in those silos can i continue to say that this is not my department this is somebody else's department i don't need to worry about this so there is often a need to challenge the current roles like for example today we call our medical professionals covid warriors there was a time when they were just doctors and nurses and other people the roles conventional roles are changing the conventional roles of the police are changing various other roles are changing 
expose the conflict and let it emerge very often when you let the organization feel the external pressures there will be different views as to how to deal with the crisis different individuals will come up with different views one of the tasks of leadership is to manage this allow it to emerge allow it to come to the forefront so that things can get discussed and solutions can be debated and then selected and instead of maintaining norms the challenge over here is to challenge the unproductive norms not just maintain the norms but challenge unproductive norms so that new norms can come in the place of the earlier norms now this is the heart of what we are going to talk about the most common mistake that managers make is to treat a true crisis like a routine emergency remember what we said a routine emergency is one where the problem is known and the solution is known but a true crisis is one which has an adaptive challenge you need to figure out what exactly is the problem we don't know what is the solution but the most common mistakes that managers make and this happens to all of us that you treat a true crisis like a routine emergency and why do we do that there are two reasons why we do on the one hand individuals that is the team members crave for a charismatic leader during a crisis economy is doing that we hope that one individual will come and solve our problem uh, illness is uh, pandemic is there we hope that one person will come and solve the problem this is human nature it makes it easy for us to avoid responsibility it's good to palm off this responsibility to one heroic individual saying that this person will come and solve all our problems so we crave for a kind of a charismatic heroic heroic leader in a crisis on the other hand managers also take this as a great opportunity to display heroism heroism is when an individual takes up some kind of a courageous action self sacrificing action goes into the forefront to deal with a particular issue rather than actually tackle the underlying issues and engage people in the task of solving the problems now this works well for the manager because the manager also has a need for attention and to be in control so it kind of works with both but unfortunately even though at times it may address the crisis in the long run it will seriously harm the organization now why do we say this there have been couple of studies done so the first uh, two which we talk about that a manager's charisma may adversely affect performance during a crisis this are some experiments that uh, have been performed and one of them has been performed by my doctoral student rahul kamle we actually simulated a crisis in a classroom setting and we had two groups of individuals one group of individuals were those who had a high professional identity that means we made them realize their identity as good engineers whereas another group was not having a salient identity of being an engineer even though they were engineers those identities were not brought to the surface and then both the groups were exposed to either a charismatic leader or a non charismatic so we had four groups high professional identity low professional identity and within that charismatic versus non charismatic and interestingly we found that when people with a high professional identity people who are proud of being in their profession people who enjoy being in their profession people who are made aware of their professional ethics and work processes are exposed to a highly charismatic leader in a crisis situation they actually perform worse why does that happen it creates a kind of a dissonance in their mind it's it it sort of they lose control otherwise with their professional they were able to work think of a emergency room team you have a person who is wheeled into the emergency room into the casualty bleeding all over cut up all over suddenly walks in so, uh, now everybody in the emergency room knows exactly what to do their professional identity is well activated 
the nurse knows, knows what to do the anesthetist knows what to do you don't need a charismatic leader in that situation or look at a situation where you have a commando team going and tackling somebody like osama bin laden every member of the commando team knows exactly what needs to be done we don't really need a charismatic leader in that context in fact having somebody who is extremely charismatic taking charge etc may work at disadvantage similarly uh, there was this study done over 17 years where they looked at about 3724 ceos and they found that when the firm innovativeness is high markets are competitive and executives have a lot of discretion in such cases when the ceo is too powerful that means the ceo has too much control over decision making during a crisis the firm actually performs worse so there are couple of very specific situations where the company can actually perform worse if the ceo takes on too much of control in a crisis situation in the political situation again we've seen this if you look at various uh, dictators across uh, countries you will find that invariably the dictator starts his usually their men his career at the time of some kind of a civil war or there's some kind of an external war or there's some kind of internal turmoil the person takes over brings in some kind of stability takes charge of the situation even after the problem has been solved this individual can't let go the person has a tendency to hang on even after the crisis is over why does that happen because when we take charge when we are in control it actually changes our biology it makes us perceive that the situation outside is more chaotic than it actually is imagine a situation where a very strict teacher is talking in a classroom and some student does something innocent cracks an innocent joke or maybe looks at his or her phone etc chances are the strict person is likely to think that this individual is doing something to insult him this experiments have been performed people who are high on power tend to perceive incivility in others even when it is not intended by the other party they tend to act impulsively take undue risks and treat other people like objects in the mind of the manager who has taken control the crisis never ends you will see many examples of this individuals who have done well in a particular situation being great heroes in a particular situation after the situation is over they become unbearable intolerable for the organization because they've taken so much control that they just don't want to give it up and this is something that we need to guard against so coming back to our earlier problem which we spoke about a crisis has this interesting situation that it creates an opportunity for the leader and the followers also get into that passive mode and it creates a kind of a right situation for the generation of this kind of a charismatic bond where the leader is going to influence the followers through his or her charisma and the followers are going to judge or evaluate the leader based on to what extent the person has displayed heroism or charisma this is a problem right how do we deal with this kind of a paradox on the one hand natural instincts of both the leader and the follower encourage this charisma to emerge on the other hand we have said that too much of this charisma can be bad for the organization in the long term how do we deal with this paradox so one way to deal with this paradox is to create a kind of a phase approach maybe an initial phase is acceptable when people just can't think they're completely blank maybe there is some reason why we need some kind of an emergency phase to stabilize the situation to buy time at that time you can have some element of charismatic uh, leadership you have some element of heroism you have some element of self sacrifice 
but after that it is important to quickly move into the adaptive phase so the char- the charismatic or the heroic phase has got some relevance but one needs to move quickly from the emergency phase into the adaptive phase and when you move into the adaptive phase the task of the leader is to move the problem back to the people rather than keep the problem with himself so that newer ideas can emerge from the group and the issue can be tackled at the level at which it needs to be tackled which means understanding what are the new values behaviors that need to come in place in the revised situation to deal with the crisis and here the company's culture and the governance systems plays a role so the challenge is that the governance system or the company's culture should somehow ensure that this emergency phase does not become a permanent emergency if required even change the ceo if there's a ceo who can only function in that emergency charismatic crisis mode change the ceo once the emergency phase is over otherwise the company is likely to suffer now we come to some practical tips what should we do when we are faced with a crisis what should the leader do when the leader is faced with a crisis listen to any inspiring speech and you will find elements of these four things coming a recent speech uh, by new zealand's prime minister arden when uh, the the killings were happening in the mosques in christchurch while those uh, events were unfolding in christchurch she had a press conference and at that time she made some important statements she said i'm quoting those affected may be migrants or refugees but new zealand is now their home they are us by doing that she defined the identity they are us and the person who has perpetrated this violence against us is not one of us so by doing that she has very clearly established the identity that you may be from a different community you may follow a different religion or race but this this uh, violence has been perpetrated against us those individuals who are affected by this are part of us and the perpetrator is not us so this is the first part you need to be clear about what are the values and purposes that the lead, that the community is fighting for another part about communication is to be honest about the brutal facts and at the same time maintain unwavering faith that you will prevail in the end this is called the stock stockdale paradox it's also t- briefly touched upon in victor frankl's book man's search for meaning so when you surviving through a crisis it's important to be honest to give the facts that they are no sugar coating no packaging because if you sh- package it and sugar coat it people will not realize what the problem is and you are again taking the responsibility on your head as the leader you need to put the facts before the people so that they can work out the solutions along with you and at the same time provide hope and faith so it's like a dual thing which you need to do show empathy now this again if you look at the example of arden she is a stellar example of showing empathy the next day after the killings she visits that community she moves from the capital city into christchurch she goes there dressed as if she is one of them and then when she goes there unlike any other politician she doesn't have a plan made out she doesn't say i've got a speech i'm going to make a speech and i'm going to visit xyz she just goes there and says look i'm available i'm available here for whatever is needed you set the agenda you tell me where i need to go you tell me what i need to do. and that's a stellar example of showing empathy when the crisis is going once the crisis is addressed 
it's important to transition to more long term visionary images if you continue with the crisis longer than it is required then it becomes oppressive and people reject it now some guidelines uh, how to deal with these kind of uh, challenges the first is you need to restrain your desire and control for need for control your need for importance that means you don't become the answer giver in chief as i said there's a huge temptation for you to do that people will encourage you to do that don't get into that trap recognize that all crises have moral implications i think this is very important any change that happens in an organization there will be some people who benefit from it and there will be some people who lose out from it there is no change which is purely scientific and non political non moral look at the corona issue when it came in we thought it was a technical solution there is a virus there is a way to deal with the virus and we'll deal with it very soon we are now facing the moral implications who has to pay the price of the lockdown these are serious moral issues the earlier you are able to see that the better it is you look at an organizational restructuring on the face of it you'll say okay fine it's a simple organization restructuring this department goes here this goes here but when you think about it anyone who has been through an organizational restructuring knows that it's not a purely scientific exercise there are moral implications and that is where leadership is required recognizing that taking a moral position of that and helping people who are going through that to deal with that and the earlier you do it and the better you do it that will define the success affirm the core values and be a role model for the desired values and behavior that you expect others to follow consult experts from diverse areas so rather than work on your own because the very fact that it is a crisis you don't have a technical solution so no point in pretending that you do consult experts from diverse areas have multiple teams working in parallel this is something which works very well so there's a very classic uh, case of uh, jfk and uh, john f kennedy uh, few years in i mean initial time of his presidency 1961 did this day of things invasion which failed miserably it was because they suffered from something called as group thing the next year 1961 they had a standoff a 13 day standoff with the russians uh, which is called as the cuban missile crisis now at that time kennedy had two teams because he realized that if one team is there the one team can come up with a solution the problem that happens is the team comes up with a solution very fast and once they've come up with a solution they keep coming up with reasons why that solution is a great solution and they are blind to almost other solutions have two or more independent teams working on the problem so that you get two or three totally different solutions and then with a cool mind you can figure out what's the best solution guard against cognitive biases today we have enough research daniel kahneman's book uh, thinking fast and slow talks about it there are various other uh, studies which talk about overconfidence bias self serving bias escalation of commitment group think these are all cognitive biases which we need to be aware of and we can deal with them upfront when sacrifices are needed wherever possible ask people to volunteer it's always better if you ask people to volunteer rather than make something compulsory not possible then worst case you can use your authority point number 8 is very important when there is a crisis going on ensure that there is psychological safety and encourage dissent there's a lot of work done by this professor amy edmondson including in operation theaters and medical emergencies etc where she finds one of the main reasons why 
many operations fail is because of inadequate communication in the operation theater where people who are subordinate have noticed a problem but they are unwilling or unable to speak up in front of their senior managers because they feel that they'll be punished for them and i think that's one thing which an organization can do create a climate of psychological safety where people can speak up people can challenge because that is where you will get more data to understand the problem and to understand also the solution and of course once you create psychological safety chances are many people will attack you as a leader and remember that the attacks are not personal for you but they are reactions to your professional this is again very difficult just like point number 1 point number 9 is very difficult and many people can't tolerate point number 9 which is why they don't create psychological safety but if you can do that i think you will get better ideas and you will be able to get a more holistic solution the last one to deal with something like this it's good to have a lot of friends it's good to have a few trusted confidant so that even person who is dealing with this crisis who's helping the adaptive solution to come in can have some place where he or she can vent out where he or she can discuss a coach a friend a mentor whatever what is important to understand is that you'll never be able to get all the things right the situation is evolving as we've seen even in the current crisis and leadership in troubled times is defined by the values that it preserves and not by its ability to get all the operation this operational decisions that will vary it's more important whether you are able to focus on the right values and you are able to preserve the right values now for well, at a very practical level uh what happens when a crisis is emerging is that we are all trying to make sense of what is happening now this concept of sense making was given by organizational scholar carl white he says there is a perception of reality that is what we are able to get through our senses and on the other hand you have your concepts and theories we make sense of what we see by using concepts and theories you see a furry animal moving over there and you have a concept okay this is a cat this is a dog and then you come up with a theory when a dog is happy he wags his tail that's a theory and then you again look at what is happening in reality and you validate your theories now here again when a crisis emerges there is a process of sense making that is happening imagine what happened in the current crisis we started off by saying uh, looking at it as a technical challenge first we were like okay should we have uh, screening at airport no screening required at airport mask no mask lockdown no lockdown hydrochloroquine no hydrochloroquine it's emerging and as it's emerging there is some reality and there are some concepts and theories and it's a cyclical process you're moving from what you see making a concept testing it out in the real world now as that emerges you and your team do this in a together in a in a kind of a uh, harmony with each other and here is a template this is just a kind of a template of what kind of communication the leader should have describe the situation look this is what i think the situation is and this is what i think we should do and this is why i think we should do it and i think this is something that we should take care of so that you know if this changes then we'll be in trouble and then finally calibrate tell me what do you think about Do you think something that uh, is happening which I can't see, and in that process, you will find that the solution is likely to emerge. And this is called as collaborative uh, sensing. Okay, I think uh, I've covered most of what I had to say. Oh, I think it's 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 pretty much like how AR Vardia is supposed to be, and some of us can really relate to that. And uh, um, uh, any any last words you would like to say? 
before we it, it, it's it's been a wonderful experience and meeting so many of you has been the icing on the cake first of all preparing for this was great fun and uh, then meeting so many of you virtually i think has been the icing on the cake it was such a wonderful experience to meet all of you so many familiar names coming back i hope you guys do well and uh, as i said i hope you all move from red to orange to green very fast